is Revelations Radio News with Andrew Hoffman and Tim Kilkenny on the Revelations Radio Network. Podcasting to you from the sunny forest of Meadowdale, Washington, where my household runs on Jesus and caffeine. I am one of your hosts, and my name is Tim Kilkenny. And from Cascade Locks, Oregon, where I completed a purchase of a car mask-free. I'm Andrew Hoffman. Oh, this is a this is a <laughs> this is news. You told the you told the dealership that hey, I gotta I gotta be able to. Come in here without this mask. I I didn't tell him anything. No one that worked there said a word to me the entire time. Or or to my wife. Or to the kids. Everybody was no, in the Kids weren't there. But Oh, fair enough. So that's awesome. But they but of course the employees in the communist state of, of Washington all masked up. Uh in the you could tell that they were required to be there were quite a few masks under chins, especially in like not the showroom area, you know, yeah. like office area where there weren't any customers around. But yep, anyway. yep, yep. Well, very good, very good. You got the you got to let the listeners know you you purchased yourself a a brand shiny, new shiny 2007 new Honda Odyssey minivan. Br- brand new 2007. <laughs> wow, new to us. That works. <laughs> that's crazy well if you're gonna buy Which, uh, a car that's uh, really used uh, you buy a japanese car because they tend to last forever and i will say it, this is kind of an i need to apologize a little bit tim oh I, what's up what's up i th- kind of didn't believe you on the whole car shortage thing oh you didn't no not oh. not totally kind of thought it was a uh, localized thing yeah car sales trick like hey we're running out of cars wink wink you better buy now so we we looked so um, you thought that my not that i would do that but that my higher-ups were doing that yeah or, yeah 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 um no i didn't feel like you were trying sure. to deceive me just the in general because like the car shortage thing sure so uh, we were looking for either a Toyota or Honda minivan, and we looked at just about every car lot in a small city with 50,000 people, but it's kind of like a like that's where everyone from the rural areas goes to buy a car, so there's a lot of car lots. Sure. And we saw a total of uh, two vehicles that fit that description. <laughs> And one of them was the, like, dealership hospitality vehicle, not for sale. <laughs> not for sale or for sale? No, not for sale. No. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So this is the only one you saw. Yeah. Not a bad deal, but uh, and you got a good one out of it, so that's good. Yeah. No, it turns out I knew a few things about car sales, and, uh, yeah, there's no cars. <laughs> the, the typical lot, like, you drive, if you are just driving by and... Like me, 99% of the time, not paying attention to the car lots. 
usually they've got like the outside row filled up, right? Right. So it looks normal. But when you actually go into the lots, 80% empty, 90% empty, you know, just there's no cars. Absolutely not. Yeah. Yeah. There is no cars. I tried. I try, I've been trying to. I've been trying to tell people. Yeah. I'm telling. I've been telling people on the podcast. I've been telling people at work. You know, this is. Uh, you know, about sixty days. Anybody looking for a car is going to be. Going to be in tough shape, I think. Yeah. Because this this thing ain't going away, and uh, whether it's planned or not, it it just continues. It's uh, just a weird weird state of affairs. You know the. The economy, the tip. I've always thought the tip of the spear of the economy was the is the car buying. So it'll be weird to see kind of how this uh, how this all shakes out. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and and I actually, I'm you know, in my one of the themes of the or becoming a theme of the show and my tracking of all the shortages. Uh, this last week, I heard my first rumblings of gas shortage. You hear anything about gas shortage? Hmm. You know, I think I. I think I did hear something about that. So yeah. I think I think we have an article in the in the folder here. It's actually a, a gas shortage story. So yeah, gas shortage story could impact your summer plans. From the uh, reputable news source that we refer to quite often on this rev on this podcast, which <laughs> is Yahoo News. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This is we, like if you want to know. What the elites want the dumb people to think, you look at Yahoo News. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. We've survived through speaking of. Uh, so with that in mind, let's listen to the tone of this article. We've <laughs> survived through the toilet paper, bicycle, and meat shortages over the courses of the COVID-19 pandemic. But the latest potential source of concern, concern gasoline, could have an impact on your summer, summer plans. CNN reported yesterday that the concerns about the shortage have nothing to do with the gasoline supply, everything to do with the shortage of qualified truck drivers to get gas from the refineries to the stations. Uh, skip ahead. I'll just read the bold points. Uh, gas prices are destined to go up no matter what. Thank you, elites, for letting the stupid people yep. know. Uh, don't let your tank get too empty. Thank you for, uh, for driving up the demand. Uh, <laughs> switch grades if you need to. This is a uh, horrible idea if you have a turbocharged or, or a performance car. You downgrade octanes to 87 instead of 92, you're going to be in bad shape. Uh, do not pick, pack any additional gasoline with you. Thank you for telling me again what to do with my money. Uh, be especially mindful if you're on the road on Fourth of July weekend because you, you know you could die and there's zombies. And a little extra food to the budget, or add a little extra to your budget. So just, hey, Andrew, he's got a new car, right? Yeah. Add some so, new money to the add some money to the budget, buddy. Oh, okay. Yeah. For gas, that's all you gotta do. <laughs> that's all you gotta do. Just add some money. It's like like Dave Ramsey said, just another envelope. Just just put it, just put it in there. So we, you know, it was kind of a, a surprise deal. So we did have to take out a small loan for about half of it. Sure. And the interest rate for the used car from two thousand seven. Hold on a second. Lo- hold on a second. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. All right. Yeah, y'all, you got good credit. Yes. Uh, half down? Uh, not quite half, but oh, yeah. A considerable amount down. Yeah. Good credit. How many months? I asked for two years. They gave me four years. Because it, it's no difference in interest rate. 
So oh. 48 months. It should be really realistically 5.9, but in this crazy low interest rate economy, trying to get people into cars and you got good credit. I'm going to say 3.9 ladies and gentlemen for a 13 year old car with over 100,000 miles both of which are things that are flagged by most banks yeah so yeah there you go just so you you know a couple years ago that's a 7.9 loan all day oh yeah Yeah. you just pay that's a low that's a lower rate than the mortgage on my house yeah yeah, yeah. So. Which one? Which one do you think will fail first? <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, I almost said three point nine. I should have went with three point nine. But all right, whatever. Yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. So interest rates are still low, um, which I think is also driving up demand for cars and houses because the rates are so low. I mean, this thing is a. It's a weird. It's a weird onion that's just hard to unpack from all all. All directions i mean it's just it's just weird so just a kind of a rabbit trail mm-hmm. uh, no, we're made of it but that's, it, what, it, that's what we you do you know if if you're a homeschool parent or you've got you know just kids you're around uh teach them how to calculate interest rates and like okay. you know you take out a loan for x amount here's because it there was a a young kid, you know, kind of early 20s kid in there getting a new car, of course. Of course, a new car, right? Mm-hmm. And so the sales guy was asking him, like, well, how, how much are you going to put down on the car? Oh, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, well, what, what were you looking to pay per month? Uh, I don't know, like uh, 200 bucks a month. They're like, well, you're you're wanting a thirty thousand dollar car. That's going to be more than two hundred dollars a month without any down payment. Five hundred dollar so, a month car. Yeah. So this is, you know, it's it's the sales guy's job normally to like get you to stop thinking about price and start thinking about monthly payment. But in this case, it was kind of the other. <laughs> The other yeah, way around, I mean, but but that's not even necessarily what I do. I don't have have people come in and I'm like, oh, let's just focus on the payment. We're just going to do right. payment buyer here. Yeah, it's not it's not necessarily what we do. I mean, but yes, the the the, the weird part is not just interest rates, but like just honestly, just math in general. Like mm-hmm. people people call in or 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 like make offers. It's like it's like what are you basing? Like what planet are you basing this on? It's like. Well, I know you guys are running an ad for zero percent, so I'm trying to get my payment to this. It's like, okay, hold on a second, there, uh, professor. <laughs> what do you if think zero percent? <laughs> if it's zero percent, first off, we have a we do have a couple we did have a couple months there where there was zero percent, so that's awesome. Yeah. But if there is zero percent, you take the price of the car, you divide it by seventy two or sixty months. That's, <laughs> that's it. Your monthly payment. Well, I was hoping I would get a discount. Let's just say you do. A thousand dollars off the discount. It's like less than twenty dollars a month. So like that number is the payment. Well, I was thinking, hoping you guys could do better than that. No, no, no. I can't because it's I'm not a magician. Because it's right. math. There's 
Well, what about yeah, I'm not, I'm not a not a a bank. I can't sell a d- car derivative to you. There. <laughs> well, what about a lease? I mean, yeah, the payment's going to be lower on a lease, but let me give you some interesting news. It's still going to be higher than that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. there's just a lot of weird stuff like that because people come in. There's so I think a lot of people just don't understand interest rates or loans or the car business. Or they come up with just the most outlandish offers and things. It's like, dude, come on, man, please. <laughs> Yeah, and and now, I'll, I'm ready as to buy. a salesperson, you're you're sitting there thinking, um, you know, I'm running out of cars. I'm not spending my time. Yep, 100. You know. Yeah, I'm ready to buy, and I'll get up and leave if I have to. Okay, buddy, I'm gonna let you know something. Okay, everybody who comes in here, ready to buy. Also, <laughs> most people who come in here get up and leave. I don't have a ton of cars to sell. If you'd like to buy it, you're good. Let's do this. If not, let's just move on with our lives. Don't trench. You're just, I love people who think that, and hopefully you weren't this guy, Andrew. I'm sure you weren't. But they're like, you know, I do this once every four or five years. I'm going to go in and really screw over those guys who do it all day, every day. Uh, no, not at all. <laughs> in fact, I got, yeah, anyway. Uh, oh, yeah, you got a good deal. I think I think the, uh, I think the them doing the maintenance on it is... Uh, it's kind of it means it's a decent dealership. A lot other dealerships wouldn't offer the the deal that you ended up with, where they offered to do some maintenance ahead of time. Yeah. So anyway, hopefully it will uh, keep running, and it's got enough space in it that if we need to pack up our belongings and flee for the hills, we can do it. So. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Where do we go? I got a couple things for you. Shortages. Lumber. Is there a lumber shortage? Did you see this video? I did with the... There appears to be lumber. Yeah, there's a rail station. It's not even a station. What is this? Like a a field? Yeah, I I didn't understand why it had to be so vague, though. Like, can't... Aren't these things knowable? Like, it might be in Vermont. Like, you're showing the video. Tell us where it's at. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. YouTube account Ken's Carpentry found a bunch of wood. So, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It's a little frustrating. For sure. There's just, uh, this is not going to go well. But here, this guy's driving by. I stumbled on this uh, yesterday and just wanted to, I just felt I needed to show you this video. It's amazing. Um, a lumber yard, it's actually a depot. Uh, train loads of lumber coming out of Canada and they're they offload here and then they're transported by tractor trailer to different lumber yards this lumber goes on for over a quarter of a mile maybe uh, three-eighths of a mile Um, I'm just astounded at how much lumber is here and I'm wondering why there's such a problem at the lumber yards all right, so yeah, I agree. They should just tell us where it is. It looks like, based off the accent, the topography, and the fact that it came from uh, Canada, I am going to go with Vermont. So, thoughts on lumber being stacked up in Vermont, but not headed to the lumber stores? Yeah, it, well, <laughs> I mean, there there is no shortage of wood right there's no shortage of trees 
And maybe if you live in the middle of a giant city, you can imagine that there's a world out there where we're running it out of trees. <laughs> but if you live anywhere in the West, anywhere, you know, thousands of acres of forest can burn down and it's, it's a drop in the bucket. It's nothing. There's it's absolutely, there nothing. are tons and tons of trees. So if there's a lumber shortage, then there's either a transportation breakdown or there's, you know, problems processing the lumber, maybe problems logging, environmental restrictions, whatever. I mean, there's a lot of government-induced problems with the logging industry. But there's no, like, shortage of wood. Like, the planet is not running out of wood. So, Otherwise known as trees. Yeah, I I agree. I agree. So what? So so where are we? What's the point? What are we doing here? Is this? Is this? I, are we? Are we price gouging? Is there a huge demand for houses? Is there lack of builders? Is there car? You know, houses going for ten, fifteen, twenty grand over in the middle of nowhere, Midwest. So <laughs> there's no demand for. Uh, there's tons of demand for lumber, and this way they can just drive the prices up. Yeah, that could be it. I don't see any. I mean, that's. Yeah. I don't know if that's the answer. That's the only thing that makes sense to me. I don't necessarily like that as a as the answer, but I, I don't know what I don't. I'd love. I'd love to hear a different answer. Well, and this is. It's been a long process of um, consolidation in the, you know, timber industry, like logging companies, um, sawmills everything you know gets bought out and bought out and closed down and i guess maybe you're at a point where there's a couple big uh companies that can make a backroom deal and and have this kind of impact on pricing but yeah yeah price fixing might be might be what's it i mean that's another aspect of the whole covid lockdown baloney is that you just drove you know, thousands and thousands of small businesses across the country completely out of business. And nobody talks about that. There's no, there's no like, Hey, this new story about this business. It's just like, if it's mentioned, it's like this, Oh, you know, the government tried to help, but you know, some of these businesses had to shut down because of coronavirus. when it's never because of coronavirus, it's because of the lockdowns. Yeah. Yeah. The government told them we will find you however many thousands of dollars a day if you don't close have you called a bank lately call a bank that's not like a like a like a like a loan bank like like mm-hmm. call about a loan or call a cable company due to corona 19 or covid 19 <laughs> we're experiencing higher than normal call volumes please wait 45 minutes on the phone because covid we can't have people answering the phone it's covid man covid yeah or uh try to Get license plates at a DMV. <laughs> I will point out. I will. I will let you know that Oregon is kind of the laughing stock of DMVs on, in, probably in the whole country. Like, well, so, so I don't. Understand, I don't understand what they're doing down there at this point. Like, can you just like put an IOU sticker for your registration at this point? Because when can you ever get your registration renewed? So here's my my prior experience, right? Like small town DMV. Uh, I walked in there and I said, I got a new car. Guy behind the counter said, cool, you know, fill out this form and I'll walk out with you to check the VIN, make sure it 
VIN uh, verification inspection. Yep. Yeah. Make sure it matches up. Pay your ridiculous amount of money to get a license plate. So are, uh, they should be doing that for. No, you didn't. You said you'd do all that on your own. It's a different state. So the. Oh, thank you for the update. I'm aware it's a different state, but we actually have to. Uh, when we finance cars, we have to to uh, to get the license plate and registration for them. No, nope. just the trip permit. You got a trip permit, but aren't they processing the <laughs> registration for you? You didn't pay any tr- any registration there. Uh, no, no, hmm. only the no. Thirty-five dollars. Thirty bucks for a three-day trip permit. So anyway, so my uh, lovely wife takes the van, you know, 20-minute drive to the DMV this morning, waits in line, waits in line, waits in line. Finally, someone comes out and says, um, oh, we close for lunch for an hour from 12.30 to 1.30, and you're not going to get in before then, so you might as well come back at 1.30. So she drove all the way back home, all the way back there at 1.30, waited in line for 50 minutes. They finally, she was second from the front of the line, and they come back, the, they come back out and say, um, oh, what's your, is this who you are? And she's like, no. Oh, do you have an appointment? No. Oh, sorry, you'll have to go to the back of the line. This is for people with appointments. <laughs> so uh, two hours waiting in line, nothing accomplished. So if, then I, I called them. Uh, no person, because it's a Wednesday, and they don't have a pe- person to answer the phone on a Wednesday. No. And uh, then I, I tried to use their website to schedule an appointment. No, no appointments available. Yep. So this is uh, an ongoing uh and, you know, I've I've heard the DMV jokes, and I've had problems like in big cities before, but uh, no, it's again, but it's because of COVID. It's because of COVID, not government. Uh, again, this is something I have a little bit of experience with, but I'm telling you, Oregon is the laughing stock of DMVs yeah. on the West Coast, and and since COVID, it has been exponentially worse. You can't get in. We we have people trying to get VIN verification stuff who can't get it. We have people trying to get registration who can't who can't get in there and get registration. You can't do it. Like just like the government barely wants you. Like you, you got to pay. But I mean, for a long time there during the lockdowns, you could just drive around with expired registration on your car because there yeah. was nothing. There was nothing that Oregon could do because they couldn't provide you with the necessary <laughs> steps to be able to do it. Yeah. So if I lived in Oregon, I'd just write I O U on the license plate frame. <laughs> just tape it on there and if they stop you say you know mumble something about kate brown and uh, all the appointments are full yeah that's, that's say i'm waiting for waiting for them to call me back about an appointment yeah 100 <laughs> percent. that's exactly exactly what i would do we have a different kind of tyranny up here we have what they call sales tax tyranny so people are paying yeah. almost 11 percent sales tax on their cars um, because you didn't pay sales tax on your no. car because you bought it in Washington, but you're a resident of Oregon. We are required. So the dealership probably asked you for a utility bill. Uh, <laughs> they, they asked, I didn't have a utility bill though, but they, yes. And the reason they, they asked that is because if they can't prove that you actually live in your state, 
they will charge the dealership the 11% mm. or 10, 10.8% sales tax. So we have to have customers from Oregon provide, you know, their blood type. The, uh, <laughs> you, the you know what the DNA only of their firstborn in uh, a uh, utility bill. It's you know the only mail that we did have to show them. What's that? Our mail-in ballots <laughs> that have been sent to us. They're like, I don't think this counts. <laughs> I'm like, well, you're you're right there. It's definitely not actual proof that we live at this place. But <laughs> <laughs> vote well, actually, yeah, they didn't. Well, voter registration card, hunting license, is a bunch of stuff that'll work, but. No. Anyway, we can't always digress to your uh, purchase of your shiny new minivan. We got to move on with this show. <laughs> so, Let's do it. sorry. Uh, Apple products. Apparently, there's going to be a shortage on Apple products. Tim Cook has been warning. So, if there's a shortage on chips, shortage on cars, maybe the one thing that is going to affect everybody: shortage on Apple products. <gasps> also, Washington Post ran a story this week. America is running low on chicken. Blame COVID nineteen. A sandwich craze and a huge appetite for wings. Hmm. Doomsdayers predicted this months ago, but massive chicken wing shortage is brewing. Uh, Bloomberg on Thursday reported fried chicken craze is causing U.S. to run low on poultry. In other words, not just wings, but chicken in general. As long as we have cows, I'm okay with running out of chicken. Bro, I am not okay with running out of chicken. I like some chicken. <laughs> anyway, I... Uh, this feels like a like a test in a lot of ways. I feel like this is like there's a lot of warning shots because they're kind of flushing them down the pipe, see what comes out the other side. Mm. But I feel like we're gonna start messing with the 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 food supply soon. Interesting, right? I mean, I don't I don't, I don't see any other any other direction for this. Well, uh, sort of related to the the Apple product shortage. Mm-hmm. So. Correct me if I get any of this wrong, but Apple says, oh, we're getting rid of, well, quite some time ago, they said they're getting rid of, was it iTunes or what, whatever platform, and said everything's going to be Apple Podcasts. And then they're going to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, but they say, don't worry, if you sign up now, it's still free. Um, and then a bunch of apps like stopped working, right? Is this yeah. make sense? This is, yeah, this is specifically regarding podcasts. Yes. Uh, right. Not the, and the shortage story was about devices, but you know, the same company. I don't know. Maybe they're just the shortage on alternative information there is what maybe what we should be worried about, but. Yeah, yeah. But the it does there does seem to be an element of like, okay, what happens when people when we do stories about running out of chicken, which on its face seems kind of ridiculous. Um, there are a lot of chickens. There's a lot of trees and a lot of chickens in the U.S. Was there anything specific about it? Just a general Apple product shortage? Is it blamed on the chip? Yeah, chip shortage. shortage. Yeah, chip shortage. Mainly the iPad and the iMac, or the the, the mm -hmm. Mac, are basically we have a good handle on our demand, but we don't know what everybody else is doing. It's gonna be very very, very diff difficult to predict the shortages. 
huge cost of chip manufacturing facilities means they operate at full capacity, so it'll take time to meet increased demands. Um, you know, the one thing Tim Cook would actually know about is chips and all this stuff. He he he, he was the supply guy. That was oh interesting. Okay. He was oh yeah yeah he was the supply guy at Apple, which is why. Since he got in, he's repurposed all kinds of stuff over and over again to increase the supply or the demand for the supply. So, like the last phones shipped with the cord, but no plug that plugged into the wall, and <laughs> therefore, you know, incur you know, encouraging people to either use their old one or um, to have to buy another one. And of course, it increases demand for you know purchasing the chargers and everything. And then my favorite part is then they tell you that it's. Uh, it's greener. It's a little bit more, mm. a little better for the environment for you to pay $30 extra for another individually wrapped piece for your phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's With the se- separate shipping, separate everything. Yeah. 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 Huh. Um, so before we get too much further into the show, I did want to also point out some good news. All right. And that, that was the massive Montreal protest. Did you see this? It video? is I did not see the Montreal protests. No, I saw the London protests. But yeah, uh, Montreal protests, big deal. I mean, look at uh, wow. Yeah, lots of people out there. Some masks, some not. Everybody's saying we're done with the lockdowns. Let's move on. Of course, this is not covered in the news. I'll throw this story or I'll throw this video in the show notes. Of course, encourage everybody to go take a look at it. But contrary to what we're hearing from the media, there is a ton of people out there who are upset who are anti-lockdown, who are protesting such. And they started in Montreal, and they also went, uh, did you see the the clips of the protests that took place in Paris? I did see a little bit of that, yeah. Yeah. Turn, turns, Paris, you know, France, they, they know how to get a little bit violent. They got a... Oh, Paris, you know, they're, they're known protesters. They got a violent streak. I, didn't, <laughs> I wasn't quite aware of. There's a... You know, quite a few headless people from the couple centuries ago who could tell you about that, Tim. <laughs> they got the they got the violence going there. Yeah. All right. Well, what what did you bring, Mister Mister Hoffman? Uh, I brought a lot of COVID stuff, and I don't I don't know if I have it in me to. Let's do non COVID stuff first. So non COVID stuff first. Then we're gonna end on on some uh, depressing stuff. No, not necessarily. Maybe we'll just not not do it. But we have a ton of stories in here about vaccines. So we got. And yet, maybe. and yet, I still see that some people are like, you know, on no agenda social, no less. It's like, oh, I got my second vaccine. It's like, why? Like, <laughs> do you? Is it? Are people on No Agenda Social and not listening to No Agenda and not? I I don't get it, man. It's uh, I I so I I thought I could shed light on this. So let's let's actually really hash this out a bit um, because I, I ran into a new one this week. It was somebody that I'm I'm pretty comfortable with, and I thought that they might be getting the vaccine. Or I I actually was kind of thought it was a toss-up i thought they could go either way and either either way i can i feel comfortable i have a decent enough relationship with this person where i could push them a bit on whatever they said just to kind of 
just to get a feel for it. And, and I actually do care about this person. So I was just going to be like, hey, like maybe no. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, this person, oh, she, she's uh, she starts talking about that. She's gets, she just has to get it. And I, I said, I said, why? She goes, you know, I don't know if I want to. And I said, there's a lot of, of, of uh, you know, a lot of uh, side effects. Yeah, yeah, I'm aware of the side effects and stuff. It's just, I don't know. I just, I just, I just have to get it. And I'm like, okay, cool. This is perfect. We're like, why? Why do you have to get it? Let's, let's talk this out. I don't know. I just, I'm just someone who has to just get out there. and I just got to live life. And I, I just can't be held down. That, you know, without, you know, that they're going to, you know, make people travel and stuff like that. And so I don't want to be critical of this person, but I want to take that little snippet Mm -hmm. that she gave us and then bring it back to you, Andrew, and kind of, you know, share this with you and point it out to the world and to the listeners. This is all propaganda. (laughs) This person doesn't necessarily want it. She isn't of the... uh, you know, she's conservative. I'll just put it out there. So she would not be like kind of interested in the liberal bent of it. She hates she, the mask. She's not going to post it on social media to virtue signal. No, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And she's not going to, she hates the masks. She hates all that stuff. She really, anyway. But she feels like she has to get it in order to be able to move about freely. Mm-hmm. Like they've really made people feel that way. And I thought that was an interesting point to bring to you to talk about. It's like somehow they've convinced people that the vaccine passport is like real. Not only is it real, but it's like already here. Right. You know, there's weird stories. It's like you can now fly to Hawaii. And it's like, hey, yo, they, I'm just here to let everybody know you could always fly to Hawaii. Hawaiian rules are you get a COVID test uh, 72 hours before you board the plane or you quarantine for two weeks when you get there that's it that's how you get to hawaii right now there's nothing it has guess what if you have a vaccine doesn't matter still same rules you have to and like they actually had to address that they're like well there's a bunch of people coming over now so they're vaccinated they don't have to do any of that nope hawaii is like still the same rules you got to do one of those two things so it, it it's not even real it's not even real but people think it is they've convinced mm-hmm. everybody it's real by saying it's real this it kind of reminds me of specific to Oregon, some of the Kate Brown stuff kind of early on. Okay. Where it was recommendations like worded strongly, but no, like there was no law. Right. right. And there never was. Yeah. 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 It's just like, we say this, this and that. And it, it's, <laughs> people do it <laughs> for the most part some people and some people just you know literally have not heard kate brown speak in about 12 months um but i prefer that that route by the way yeah it, it just <laughs> you do at some point you just gotta stop paying attention to it um and go about your life but this yeah the vaccine passport thing and the bogus stories about faking vaccine passports. Why in the world would you fake a vaccine passport? You don't have to have a vaccine passport. You don't have to have it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like there's already oh people getting arrested. It's to you know to convey that there's something valuable that you if it's worth counterfeiting, it's worth having. You know, it's and 
They just hope people will say, well, I could just get the vaccine and then I would get a vaccine passport and not get thrown in jail for half for faking one. So. Now, I'm not saying they don't want vaccine passports and that if they think they can get away with it, that they won't push it through. But you're absolutely correct. As of now. There's no vaccine passport in the U.S., um, Canada different story but who wants to go to canada anyway like just <laughs> l- let them figure it out let the let the polish pastor uh fix that country so easy we had two two donations i think from canada this last week so <laughs> there are some people there i don't know if any of us want to go up there but there are some people there who are kind of stuck in this situation and Alaska may have some travel rules, some travel restrictions, but Hawaii is the only one I know of. Other than that, you can mm. fly and drive anywhere in this country right now. Well, I, I know Canada because what people were doing is like, no, I'm not going to Canada. I'm driving to Alaska. Let me through. Yep. And so then they're like, you got to put a sticker on your car. And if you're two weeks, off yeah, the two weeks later, they're found still in Vancouver. It's like, hey, buddy, the border. <laughs> are you walking? Yeah. <laughs> To Alaska, yeah. <laughs> so this is uh, it, the the tyranny is frustrating and stupid, but don't don't fall for the the fake tyranny. You know, Absolutely. live live your life. Don't get the vaccine and and make them actually be tyrants. Make the tyrants be tyrants. Yeah. Okay, I. I'm going to share. We had an email sent to us by a listener, a supporter of the show, a producer uh, named Jim. We will not be saying his last name at all. Um, he made uh, an email to us. He said, this medical study was sent to me this morning by a nurse friend of mine. This gentleman has actually sent us some information previously about the medical industry, which he works in. Uh, I was listening to this week's podcast. This seems very relevant to this week's episode. And he highlighted a link there i'm going to open up the link if you could read that did you get a chance to read it already um i did yeah when he and last week we talked about this health effects on people on unvaccinated people who had been around vaccinated people so uh and it it led me to some some dark places but anyway So the paper that he sent us, Self-Disseminating Vaccines for Emerging Infectious Diseases. Emerging Infectious Diseases. And this is not specific to COVID. This comes from uh, 2016, very early in 2016. Uh, It says, Modern human activity fueled by economic development is profoundly altering our relationship with microorganisms. This altered interaction with microbes is believed to be the major driving force between the increased rate of emerging infectious diseases from animals. It's not gain-of-function research. Um, The spate of recent infectious disease outbreaks, including Ebola virus disease and Middle East Respiratory Syndrome, emphasize the need for development of new innovative tools to manage these emerging diseases. Disseminating vaccines are one such novel approach to potentially interrupt animal-to-human or zoonotic transmission of these pathogens. Modern human activity is profoundly and irreversibly changing our natural world. 
In addition to the more publicized global warming and mass extinctions, human activity is altering our relationship to my... Do you want me to keep reading the whole thing, or what are we doing? No, no, no. But keep uh, I would just say skip ahead to the the, okay. the two the two parts he highlighted were the domestic mouse immunocontraception and then unvaccinated rabbits that were co-housed with vaccinated rabbits and the transmissibility of vaccine from vac- vaccinated to unvaccinated. Um, you don't have to read that. As a matter of fact, if you pop out of that one and then find the story that says first field trial of transmissible recumbent vaccine. I think I found the the mm. original study. I did a little bit of homework and I found Good work. Least, yeah, I found the original study. This is from 2001, August 2001. First field trial of transmissible recumbent vaccine against Maya my Myaxomatous, maximatosis, maximatosis, and rabbit hemorrhagic disease. As a novel approach of immunization of wild rabbits, we have recently developed a transmissible vaccine against myaxomatosis and rabbit hemorrhagic disease, RHD, uh, based on recumbent myaxoma virus, MV, expressing the RHDV capsid protein. The efficacy and safety of the vaccine have been extensively uh, evaluated under laboratory conditions. In this study, we reported that the first limited field of trial of the candidate vaccine that was undertaken in the island of 34 has a con- containing a population of about 300 rabbits. Following the administration by the subcutaneous route to 76 rabbits, the vaccine induced specific antibodies response against both myxomatosis and RHDV in all the inoculated rabbits. Furthermore, the recombinant virus exhibited a limited horizontal uh, transmission capacity, promoting seroconversion of around 50% of the uninoculated rabbit population. No evidence of undesirable effects due to the recombinant virus field uh, release was detected. So, can you decipher what we just read there? I think I kind of understand it. It basically is saying that over 50% of the rabbits that did not get inoculated with this uh, transmissible vaccine ended up with the antibodies. Right. So, so it's a spreading vaccine. Yep. That's, on, it's a vaccine that spreads like a virus. And I think this is kind of how the world works. I mean, there's little stuff like this that pops up and nobody's going to argue about, you know, inoculating rabbits against myaxomatosis or some sort of hemorrhagic disease, right? This is not a it's not going to raise any flags. This isn't going to make CNN. Tucker's not going to get mad about it. But they're going to, you know, figure out like, oh, hey, we can make this vaccine that helps these rabbits and look, it even spreads to other rabbits. So we don't have to shoot them all. But they developed this 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. So, And I don't know, you know, I don't know that this is intentionally being spread. This could just be like, oops, uh, you know, when you create a bunch of spike proteins, they go all over the place. Um, And we don't even know how exactly someone who's vaccinated is spreading spike proteins or whatever else uh, to unvaccinated people. Just that there's lots of anecdotal examples of this happening, you know, people being impacted by people who have been vaccinated. 
So, and this is showing it's, you know, it's not like it's impossible. <laughs> I, no, not, not at all. Just because it gets injected into one animal doesn't mean it can't be spread to someone else. And this is, you know, well, it's a, obviously true of uh, you could inject a well, before, before you go disease any into to one. You know, the, the book that I just finished up um, on Lyme disease and ticks, the guy, they used to take a bunch of uh, mice and rabbits and all sorts of stuff and they would take ticks that they uh, had given the plague to and lots of other stuff and just let them feast on these animals and then see what took and what didn't type of thing and um, it was very primitive compared to the genetic engineering but that's what that's what was going on 50 years ago so Right. Can you read the next article? Fluorescent biomarkers demonstrate prospects. Just the first paragraph for spreadable okay. vaccines. This is from November 2019. This is from the conspiracy rag known as Nature, Nature, Nature Ecology and Evolution. Yeah. A journal. <laughs> Scientific journal. From March of 2020. Uh, vaccines that Autonomously transfer among individuals have been proposed as a strategy to control infectious diseases with, within inaccessible wildlife populations. However, rates of vaccine spread and epidemiological efficacy in real-world systems remain elusive. Here we investigate whether control vampire bat rabies, a medically and economically important zoonosis... You, you skipped You skipped a... Here we investigate where topical vaccines that transfer among individuals through social contacts can control vampire bat rabies, a medically and economically important zoonosis uh, in Latin America. I apologize. No worries. Field experiments in three Peruvian bat colonies, which used fluorescent biomarkers as a proxy for the bat-to-bat transfer and ingestion of an oral vaccine, revealed that vaccine transfer would increase population-level immunity up to 2.6 times beyond the same effort using conventional non-spreadable vaccines. Mathematical models showed that observation levels of vaccine transfer would reduce the probability size and duration of rabies outbreaks, even at low but realistically achievable levels of vaccine application. Models further predicted that existing vaccines provide substantial advantages over Choline bats, the policy currently implemented in North, Central, and South America. Lincoln Field studies with biomarkers to mathematical models can inform how sp- spreadable vaccines may combat pathogens of health and conservation concern before costly investments in vaccine design and testing. Oh, great. Let's just get those mathematical models in that are never wrong. Yeah. Hit me with the results. Okay. Biomarker transfer. Biomarker transfer and ingestion show potential for high vaccine coverage in wild vampire bats. We estimate the potential for spreadable vaccine to transfer among bats using rhodamine B, RB, a biomarker that when ingested leads to long-lasting fluorescence in hair follicles in diverse mammalian species. After applying a gel formulation of RB topically to bats in three colonies in Peru, 
Orotopical transfer and ingestion were monitored by fluorescent microscopic analysis. A fair samples collected in subsequent capture sessions with fluorescence indicating RB consumption. At two sites, an estimated 84 and 92% of bats, respectively, ingested RB, either following topical application or transfer from treated bats. The third colony relocated to an undocumented roost soon after RB treatment, which diminished, ca- diminished captures during the monitoring period relative to the estimated colony size. Consequently, the overall estimated coverage dropped to 28.8%. Nevertheless, the percentage of sampled LMA12 bats at the end of one-month monitoring period were RB, that were RB positive was 48.3%. Uh, was not statistically different from the percentages at the final capture dates of the other two colonies. All right. So they spread this fluorescent stuff between bats by injecting it into some bats, and then the bats spread it amongst themselves. Exactly. Yeah. So, I don't know, man. This is, uh, so, like, what do we do from here? (laughs) Where do we go from here? Because I think that, it is possible that this is spreading. There's something being spread within the vaccine. Well, you know, when you when you take this vaccine, you sign a waiver saying it's experimental, and uh, you know, I hold Pfizer harmless for everything. And in order for the government, wait to, a second, do you know that for sure? Yeah, yeah, you. That's it. That's in there, the disclosures, and uh, it it doesn't prevent COVID nineteen, and uh, you know, it might have other negative effects. Um, so you you sign your life away. Now you can still sue, but the COVID nineteen vaccine fund is is set up even worse than the normal vaccine injury fund. Uh, and it limits statute of limitations is one year. So if you get cancer 13 months from when you got the vaccine, no way there's no recourse for you. Uh, but what I'm wondering is for those of us, uh, damaged by vaccinated people, we didn't sign anything. Yeah. No kidding. I mean, like, come on lawyers. Like, let's, yeah. let's get some class action suits going. If they can show uh, that some of this anecdotal stuff of miscarriages and very serious health effects, especially on um, on women, if they can show that that's coming from the vaccinated people they were around, well, let's go lawyers. Yeah, absolutely. Every, so- every, everybody complains about lawyers till you need one sure sure so let's just say this is true okay what we just kind of went through and discussed that you can spread this stuff then you're around the vaccinated people what do you do do we now become the the thing that we hated the most which is people who are scared of absolutely everything and you're scared to to get close to or talk to or be around people who have been vaccinated like, yeah. How do we respond? Well, I think we need to find out how the how it's spreading. Like, is it through touch? Is it through? Is it aerosolized? Like the 
coronavirus? I don't know. You got to, I guess, figure that out and, and try to get some idea of how serious this is and how long-term the effects are and decide whether we need to hit the road to the least populated area you can find. I don't know. So there's some some pro-freedom states, but there's no anti-vax states to go to. <laughs> I think my uh, my home state of Oklahoma is looking pretty pro-freedom these days. You see, they're they're passing all kinds of weird laws. They got other they got other type of problems though. Um, Oklahoma has always had uh, some good, you know, state legislators. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But then uh, not necessarily the, worst, the majority, but yeah. yeah. Some of the worst schools in the country, and and other and other issues. So, again, we don't, you know, we don't want to turn into the people that we were against, that we're scared of everything. So, mm-hmm. what do we do with these uh, vaccinated people? Just kind of keep our distance, or just be aware of what of of things. It's kind of a it's kind of a weird spot to end up in. Yeah, yeah, quite the. It's a. Uh, an example of they accuse you of what <laughs> of what they themselves are doing, um, and an example that I certainly didn't see coming. Yeah, absolutely not. No. Yeah. So anyway, let's take a quick break. Wanted to thank our producers for this show. The show is a listener-supported podcast. We do not have any ads. Of course, we would never have ads. We're sitting here talking about how bad Pfizer is and, and what's going on with these vaccines and all kinds of stuff, but. Uh, because of that, we are supported by listeners. We appreciate you guys sending us any information. For instance, that uh, article that Jim sent us earlier, we pre- we would love to see more articles like that in uh, that sort of information. But we've also started accepting uh, monetary donations, and uh, we had some come in this week, uh, Some of one especially of note. But uh, the same Jim, actually from Tucson, Arizona, sent us 50 bucks. Uh, we had... Patrick from Ontario, Pickering, Ontario, sent us $20. Nick from Grand Haven, Michigan, sent us $25. We'll put a little asterisk by that one and come back. And then Kyle from Unknown, no address, sent us $50. So thank you, everyone, who uh, sent us those. Those of you who sent uh, amounts over $25, we'll get you some books out. Andrew's been out of town for a week or so, but the books will be coming out. All the they were mailed first class today to make up for the delay. So. Oh, there you go. So we got, we got some books out today. I wanted to touch base with you and let you know that our last uh, donor who had a uh, the Canadian we sent the book to the to to Canada. He said he said it arrived yesterday or the day before. So, oh, good, so good. It is there. Also, Nick from Grand Haven, Michigan. Thank you again for your twenty five dollars. And Nick. Happened to be the first one to use the P.O. box. So I received a letter. He, I received. He should get a stamp or something. Like I some, know. <laughs> he should get a, spe- a special producer stamp for having mailed to the P.O. box. Uh, it contained uh, a little bit of cash, which is awesome. Uh, Tim and Andrew started listening after the Corbett appearance. So glad to find Christians that realize the truth about our enemy and the level of evil that we face. It's also nice to hear a couple of friends hash this stuff out. Keep doing the Lord's work. 
I would love a copy of Andrew's book, if possible. Sincerely, Nick and Becky. So uh, thank you very much, Nick, for supporting our show. Awesome that we picked you up just a couple months ago with the Corbett Report podcast. We are hoping to uh, live up to the Corbett Report name and uh, keep doing uh, what we do over here in our own little way. Not as uh, as good as the Corbett Report in many ways, but uh, just <laughs> different. Just different. And uh, we appreciate you supporting our show. And uh, want to let everybody else know if you want to uh, support us in this way. You don't want to support PayPal. You don't want to support the big corporations. You don't want to send you know, uh, crypto coins or anything like that. You want to just, Hey, put it some snail mail, you know, put a check, put a little cash in there, send it over. If you want if that's your cup of tea, if that's how you want to do it, you're more than welcome. Uh, send it over to Tim Kilkenny or Timothy Kilkenny PO box 802 Linwood, Washington, nine, eight, zero, four, six. Of course, all this stuff is on the contact tab or support tab of the, uh, website revelations, radio news, dot com any uh any thoughts on all that stuff andrew no you did an excellent job and thank you to everyone out there appreciate it awesome awesome all right so where do we go next buddy we we're talking about vaccines that spread you don't want to do all <laughs> the covid stuff let's get off the the normal stuff that we're doing which is covid 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 vaccine 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 covid covid couple things i'm gonna let you choose all right so this is gonna be our own version of spin the wheel okay 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 now on the wheel we have um feds executed warrant for rudy giuliani okay jade helm a review hmm. um bill and melinda gates are getting divorced and what really happened at base camp Uh, let's go. What really happened at base camp? That would be a good one. You want to start? You want to read this story for us? Do you hear about this yeah, at well, all? You don't have to. No, read the- that's kind of. That was the one I didn't know anything about. So that's what. Um, is it towards the bottom or towards the top here? Um, right in the middle, actually. Got it. What really happened at base camp? How a list of funny customer names triggered an internal reckoning. And this comes from Platformer News. Is that are they working against deplatforming? Anyway, let's see. <laughs> uh, Casey Newton is the author. The controversy that embroiled enterprise software maker Basecamp this week began more than a decade ago with a simple list of customers. Around 2009, Basecamp customer service representatives began keeping a list of names that they found funny. More than a decade later, current employees were so mortified by the practice that none of them would give me a single example of a name on the list. One invoked the sorts of names Bart Simpson used to use when prank calling Mo the bartender. Amanda Hug and Kiss, Seymour Butts, Mike Roch. Many of the names were of American or European origin, but others were Asian or African, and eventually the list titled Best Names Ever began to make people uncomfortable. What once had felt like an innocent way to blow off steam amid the ongoing cultural reckoning over speech and corporate responsibility increasingly looked inappropriate and often racist. 
Discussion about the list and how the company ought to hold itself accountable for creating it led directly to CEO Jason Fried, which is a pretty good name in its own, uh, announcing Tuesday that Basecamp would ban employees from holding societal and political discussions on the company's internal chat forums. The move, which has sparked widespread discussion in Silicon Valley, follows a similar move from cryptocurrency company Coinbase last year. Freed's memo was revised and updated several times. Co-founder David Heinemeyer Hansen followed with one of his own. Together, they are two of the most outspoken leaders in the entire tech industry on issues related to company culture, remote work, and collaboration. The company has published five books, one of which was a New York Times bestseller. But both of their posts avoid discussing the actual series of events that led up to the policies, which were related directly to the workplace. In fact, the events all took place on Basecamp's own software, which it sells to other companies on the promise of improving cohesion and reducing stress in the workplace. Employees say the founders' memos unfairly depicted their workplace as being riven by partisan politics, when in fact the main source of the discussion had always been Basecamp itself. At least in my experience, it has always been centered on what is happening at Basecamp, said one employee who, like most of those I spoke with today, requested anonymity so as to freely discuss internal deliberations. What is being done at Basecamp? What is being said at Basecamp? How is it affecting individuals? It has never been big political discussions like, the Postal Service should be disbanded, or I don't like Amy Klobuchar. Interviews with a half-dozen Basecamp employees over the past day uh, paint a portrait of a company where workers sought to advance Basecamp's commitment to diversity, equity, and inclusion by having sensitive discussions about the company's own failures. After months of fraught conversations, Fried and his co-founder David Heinemeyer Hansen moved to shut those conversations down. In the end, we feel like this is the long-term healthy way forward for Basecamp as a whole, the company, and for our products, Fried wrote in his blog post. Several employees, though, are already making their exit plans. Basecamp, which makes workplace collaboration tools and launched the email service Hey last year, has long been recognized for producing opinionated software. We've hired opinionated people and we've created opinionated software, and now basically the company has said, well, your opinions don't really matter unless it's directly related to business, one told me. A lot of people are going to have a tough time living with that. In December, a new hire at Basecamp volunteered to help the company work on diversity issues. Posting a long, dormant thread in the Basecamp software, which resembles a message board, the employees sought other volunteers to begin working on DE&I issues. With, oh, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Got it. DE&I. There was reason to believe that the co-founders would be receptive. In 2017, after Basecamp had been around for 18 years, Freed wrote an essay in incorporated about the company's weak record on diversity issues. I believe a company is at its best when it reflects those it serves. Freed wrote, if you filled the room with 20 random employees and 20 random customers, an outside observer should have trouble telling them apart. I don't. That doesn't make sense at all. (laughs) Does that mean the uh, NBA should have 20 random basketball players and 20 random fans and you should not be able to tell them apart if you put them in the same room? Is this, okay. is, this, is this too much how the sausage is made to like even get the gist of the story? Or, aye, aye, aye. Um, can you 
maybe summarize a little I bit? I could summarize, but I feel like I, I may mess up. I don't want you to, I don't want to slant it with my view, but essentially what happened at base camp was uh, they, they went forward with this. They said, Hey, no more, no more political discussions. And And, and and uh, Coinbase did something similar, right? Coinbase did something similar, which is what they're kind of leading it off of. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Is it like a? <laughs> it's just so crazy to to like. Let's talk about work at work and <laughs> um, I see where they're coming from but but there is no you cannot cater to the woke right that's what i'm saying so that's what i wanted to talk about so base camp exits the, the numbers the numbers were insane is what is what ended up happening uh let's like see as here. far as how many people left yes oh really following a controversial sorry i should have maybe thrown this one in this that one is too much force for the trees this is from TechCrunch. Following a controversial ban on political discussions earlier this week, Basecamp employees are headed for the exits. The company employs around 60 people, and a third of the company appears to have accepted buyouts to leave, <laughs> many citing new company policies. On Monday, Basecamp CEO uh, Jason Fried announced in a blog post that employees would no longer be allowed to share uh, societal and political discussions at work. Every discussion needs to be related to, to, the, to work. Um, Basecamp departures are significant. According to Twitter posts, Basecamp's head of design, head of marketing, head of customer support will all depart. The company's iOS team also appears to have quit en masse, and many departing employees have been with the company for years. The no politics rule at Basecamp follows a similar stance that Coinbase CEO staked last year. Armstrong denounced debates around causes or political candidates, arguing that such discussions distracted from the company's work. About 60 members of Coinbase's 1,200 staff took buyouts in light of the internal policy exchange. Like Coinbase, uh, Basecamp immediately criticized for muzzling its employees over important issues, many of which are disproportionately impacted by marginalized and Im- impacted marginalized employees. Drawing the line on political topics becomes murky very quickly for any non-white or LB or LGBTQ employees. For whom many issues that might be seen as political in nature and in some circles, the Black Lives Matter movement, for instance, are inextricably and deeply personal. It is not a coincidence that these grandstands against divisive politics at work issue down from might from white male tech executives. Oh, no. Who started the company? that's not the point Andrew (laughs) the point is they're white if you're in doubt as to whether your choice of forum or topic or discussion is appropriate please ask yourself common sense questions like am I at work oh sorry that's not in there so (laughs) anyway (laughs) so anyway uh, yeah half the company left because they said no politics at work Everybody on Twitter is freaking out. I gotta be able to express myself. I think this is more of uh, this is more rearranging the deck chairs in the Titanic. Well, we are constantly. I think it's interesting that they got buyouts, though. Oh yeah, they offered buyouts at the same time. I think this is uh, John C. Dvorak's way of getting rid of your woke. Yeah. Your woke. Your wokers, because yeah. this way they go peacefully and they don't leave the company. 
uh, in a, it, like they don't give you bad PR. Most of the tweets that came from the people who quit said, "Oh, I love Basecamp. I've you know I gave my life here. I love all the things I built. I love the people I work with. But it's time for me to move on for differences and blah mm. blah blah." But I think this is uh, this is essentially the John C. Dvorak method, which is get rid of all the wokers that are within your company because they'll eat it from the inside out. You've, you've got to get you. It's much easier not to hire them in the first place, though. Agreed. But once you have them, you got to get rid of them, and this is it. Offer say, hey, no more political discussions at work, and then just offer a buyout. Yeah. Boom. You lose a third of your employees, but have you really lost them? I mean, is it really a loss? That's a now. I've never heard of the company. Had you before? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. yeah. This um, is one of the. This is one of the kind of uh, real trendy, tr- trend-setting software companies. Okay. I mean, sixty people is not a lot, but software companies you don't necessarily need a ton of people. So. Yeah. Hmm. No, I think. Uh, <laughs> It, it was probably either do this or just watch your entire company go down the tubes because everyone's fighting about politics and who said this possibly racist name was funny 20 years ago or 10 <laughs> years ago or whatever. So Yeah, yeah. So Na- names are funny. I don't, you know, like. There's a lot of names where you're just kind of like, what were the what were the parents thinking? And sometimes they're just thinking they were funny. <laughs> there you go, there you go. So uh, I thought that was worth noting. I think it's more uh, rearranging the deck chairs in the Titanic. We're all worried about who who can or can't say what at work while China kicks kicks our butt and we have shortages on everything and the economy implodes. Yeah. And uh, Doge, Dogecoin hits sixty three cents today. So <laughs> I don't know if that's because uh, if, it gets the, to, if it gets to sixty nine cents, everybody sell. Yeah, <laughs> if you've got it, me, because that's meme, where all the, those knuckleheads will be selling. But the meme number of sixty nine cents. Yeah, I mean to be quite honest, once I I heard it went up, I thought to myself, I knew that was going to happen. You know how I knew? I I don't know. Because you said not to buy it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's good. That is, uh, <laughs> if I ever make any claims, just do the opposite and you should be good to go. <laughs> I, I will say in investments, my I believe my track record on um, other issues like, you know, vaccines, <laughs> eugenics, that sort of thing has been a little better. <laughs> much much better yeah trickier trickier when it comes to the money but uh Would, are, are you saying that uh dogey coin is a good investment no and i you know i hate to call you out like this but you sound like uh like ms not msmac but like cnbc are you saying it's a good investment it's like no i'm not saying it's a good investment but there sure as heck are people who got in and then if they get out now, profited. Oh yeah. 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 Like I don't I don't know if it's a sound investment. No. 
And that, that's kind of the funny thing about cryptocurrency, right? I was looking at it, I'm like, you know, the thing about cryptocurrency, nobody even knows what makes it move up and down. So there's really no way you can do the due diligence to figure out what's going to happen. And it's, it's much different than the stock market that I've been playing with, which is pretty much the same thing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just, but I, I do think there is an agenda to lump all cryptos in together. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, that's true. I yeah and so like see Bitcoin has no future because the dog coin uh, the people that I don't even know I mean I'm assuming there's I know the guy who started it is no longer involved but someone's still running it right someone yeah. could decide I'm give myself a billion of these things I uh, speaking of which. I'm I'm gonna gonna go ahead and uh, read an uh, an email from one of our producers who sent this in this last week, and uh, gentleman's name is I believe let me see here I believe it was Ryan but I could be wrong let me go ahead and read this though he said uh, hey brother I was all set to buy Bitcoin and then I found the following info and it completely deflated me. The software used for Bitcoin was developed by the NSA, which, as you know, is a notorious leader, uh, notorious for leaving a back door. To say there is no back doors, as many profess, I think requires some faith in government that I would never allow myself to have. Plus, the creator of Bitcoin, Satoshi Nakamoto, has a very distinct meaning that I believe is not an accident. Considering nobody has ever met this creator, he is simply completely off the radar. I am way too paranoid to invest in anything and into invest anything into an NSA based crypto where the creator's name means central intelligence. Hope this helps. If you come up with a different uh, info, please uh, rely. What? Why does the name mean central intelligence? Uh, that's a great point. I think I might have missed it back here. Do, 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 do. Ah, he explains here. Um, this is from the Japanese name meaning website. The meaning of Satoshi is clear thinking, quick witted, wise. Think intelligence. Family name origins and meanings Nakamoto, Japanese, central origin. Think central. Not convinced? No. <laughs> well there well, you go i was i was trying to well you were looking for that i was looking for a post i saw on the first person to transmit a bitcoin yes who's he's no longer alive but uh he's another candidate that some people think is satoshi yeah so. Many people think it's also Elon Musk. No, but I, you know, Elon Musk. <laughs> Elon Musk is uh, getting some information from interesting sources. I don't know. I don't know if they're all uh, just government intelligence sources either. But anyway. sure, sure. I wanted to read one more of our listener emails, and that is from our good friend here, Garth. 
it might have been a bit of a flippant comment to say that Ripple is New World Order, uh, but it's trying to replace SWIFT, basically. The use case is international payment settlements between banks and countries. The thing is, it's run by a company that's licensed in the U.S., which acts as a single point of failure, and I'm pretty sure there is no cap on the number of coins. That makes mm. them feel that makes them as they need them. And then that manipulates the price. Money can be made in the short term, but long term, who knows? It could be shut down by the government tomorrow or just taken over by it or even taken over by a bank. I wouldn't say don't invest anything in it, but I would call it a high risk asset. Almost all of them are. Uh, Personally, I look for actual decentralization first. Nobody can be arrested or bought out to end the project. Then I look for a supply cap or limit. That is hard-coded and cannot be changed. If you're looking for investment, Bitcoin's the way to go. The rest of these coins have their uses, but unless you're interested in the tech, I'd say stick with Bitcoin, Litecoin, and Ethereum, and maybe a few others on the list. Cardano? Not everyone will agree with this, but I say I have Bitcoin since 2012, so I remember in the past everybody was jumping to Ripple, and now uh, and over to other coins and was laughing at the pro- about the profits while well, I had Bitcoin, and now I am the one laughing. I think I mentioned this. Oh, yes, yeah. I would think so. I think I mentioned this listener last week. So, uh, Can I interest you in some silver rounds? <laughs> <laughs> I also got a form email um, <laughs> from a, a listener. He didn't even preface it, but he said, oh, here we go. He did He did preface it. Feel free to share this info, but no need to specify it comes from this email. I like your content, but would like to share some views on a topic you covered in your last episodes. Uh, oh, this is on uh, crypto. Interesting. I need to uh, look through this one. People love was, the crypto. It's like yeah. all the... We, we talk about crypto for like 3% of the time, and that's like 97% of the engagement there. Yeah, not 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 untrue. Now there was another one I wanted to point out. Somebody had sent me. It's definitely in here somewhere, but it was uh, why someone's not getting the vaccine, and he had basically created a form letter for. I love the way he did this. Oh, here we go. Yeah, and he did not preface this at all. It just it just literally starts out with, if anybody wants a reason why Danny is being an idiot about all of this, here's the one. The main reason, and he says, why I'm not getting the vaccine, why Danny is an idiot, <laughs> being an <laughs> idiot. The main reason I want to wait is because it has to do with the vaccine accelerated disease. In the animal trials, they had issues mainly with ferrets coming into contact with SARS later on. If you read the summary application for FDA approval, it is listed under unknown risks or data gaps for each drug companies. You don't have to read all three, but they all say the same thing. Vaccine-enhanced disease. Available uh, data do not indicate risk vaccine in, hel- in vaccine-enhanced disease and conversely suggest effectiveness against severe disease within the available follow-up period. However, risk of vaccine-enhanced disease over time, potentially associated with the waning immunity, remains unknown and needs to be evaluated further in ongoing clinical trials and observational studies that could be conducted following the authorization or licensure. That was from Pfizer. The exact same thing is written from Moderna. And Johnson's has the same. Um, he wanted to highlight the part that says, however, risk of uh, 
vaccine-enhanced disease over time, potentially associated with waning immunity, remains unknown and needs to be evaluated further on ongoing clinical trials and observational studies that could be conducted following the authorizations or licensure. I just want to point out that people who get the vaccine are this study. This could be an issue. What happens if people get the vaccine and have to take it forever? Or maybe they will... uh, or maybe there will be a vaccine for the vaccine. But the whole but the whole what happens when question is why we should all be cautious. The thing was rushed out because it's an emergency, but it's been in development for 10 years. I would say it, it, it is now in the human trials portion. I personally prefer to stay in the control group. Sincerely, Danny. So I don't know. I appreciated this email from Danny with really. I, I have to say, Danny is not being an, an idiot. No, but he leads off with being an idiot, which is one of my favorite. <laughs> it's one of my favorite things. I call myself an idiot all the time, and it just just disarms people, and it it also helps explain why you know I do entire podcasts and don't hit record. So you know I do have some sort of idiotic functions, and so but he leads with that. You are recording, right? Oh, let's check. We are recording, so we're all oh, good. good. Yeah, a little late to ask, Andrew. Oh, I know. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Andrew Alfman asked if we are recording one hour and 26 <laughs> minutes into the recording. So I want to let everybody know he is also on top of things and not an idiot. I, but I like Danny's approach. Danny says, yeah. hey, look at this. This is weird. It says this in the vaccine insert. It says it, this same thing in this other vaccine insert. It says this same thing in this other vaccine insert. And it doesn't make sense to me. So I don't think I'll get it. And here's why. The end. That's it. Simple, straightforward. I also love how he doesn't send it. He just sends it directly to me if anyone wants a reason why Danny's being an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he, is, he is a listener to the show. He's actually out of uh, Medford, Oregon. And it's one of the uh, listeners who received a book, I think, last week. So um, thank you, Danny. And uh, I agree with Andrew, though. Not an idiot. So yeah. All right. Uh, I don't want to go too late. Uh, we should pick up Jade Helm at some point. Let's. Uh, any anything else here? We need to get into the show now. There's some YouTube videos. There's all kinds of stuff in this. Anything we got um, to cover? You got any? You got any quick takes on Belinda splitting up? I don't get it, bro. I don't. I think my quick, my first gut visceral reaction was we're hiding assets. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, especially with Bezos. You know, Bezos is Bezos is already worth more money than he was pre-divorce. Um, yeah, there could be something there. Um, I threw the story in about the the Chinese interpreter that there's apparently rumors in China that she's the the one that Bill is leaving Melinda for. Hmm. She sort of denied it. Uh, but, you know, the Chinese honeypot angle. Yeah, that's which, a good angle. Which that's what people were asking about. Uh, is Zuckerberg next? And and I'm thinking, no way. That's She's his handler. That's, <laughs> you know, he's yeah. not going anywhere. Yeah. Uh, but. I don't know. Are we hiding assets? Do you know the Kevin Klein angle? Well, the, I guess my only take was 
I mean, have I know the story's viral, right? But yeah. I mean, on No Agenda Social, a million posts about it. On Twitter, a million posts about it. And it, I don't know. It's a, I didn't find it super interesting other than titillating the fact, did you find it titillating <laughs> i did not find it titillating uh but i did think it was interesting you know the ask for privacy thing yeah thanks bill you really look out for our privacy and you <laughs> want your privacy um but also there was not a whisper or a rumor in the media about them being on the rocks and yet there can be all sorts of stories there about, you know, Melania is going to divorce Trump the day they get out of the White House. You know, this, this which look, hasn't look, happened. Look at the body language. She won't even hold his hand. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I don't know. It's... So do you know who Kevin Klein is? No. Ty- type Kevin Klein actor into your... Uh... To your search okay. bar, ladies and gentlemen at home, you can do the same if you'd like. Any side no, by side? I mean, I, I, it's funny, but it's not. No. Yeah. No, I, I, I don't know why people get into these things like the Alex Jones is really Bill Hicks thing. Like, no. It's, I mean, there's more smoke to this fire than Alex Jones is Bill Hicks. That is an interesting. Interesting uh, reference, Kevin Klein. In uh, uh, I mean, look at the look at those two photos I just put in the the chat there. I don't know. She it feels like she's almost a different person. That's like I, something weird is going on with her appearance over the last four or five years. Well, I know there's. I haven't looked into it, but I know there's the. It's not really her, and she died, and. I don't know. They've never been at the same place, same time. <laughs> yeah. this, this picture doesn't do anything for you, though? No, I mean, I, you know, I see resemblance, but no, not buying it. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'm not, I'm not necessarily <laughs> buying it either. I just wanted to point out that there's a big rumor out there that Kevin Klein, actor Kevin Klein, is, uh, is is Melinda Gates? Is, is Melinda Gates. Melinda Gates? And actually, that just segued into something we can actually end with that is somewhat uplifting. Not uplifting, but just not as depressing. And this is a conspiracy I had no idea about, but when I heard about it, made so much sense. Um, let me see. And oh, it was a YouTube video. I will link this YouTube video in the show notes. But have you heard about Maxwell Hill from reddit no this blew my mind maxwell hill from reddit was the main person uh who not the main person but one of like in like 2015 or 2016 or maybe 17 maxwell hill hold on a second uh one for most influential person on the internet and this person posts to the political slash or, or the news forum on Reddit or all these things had millions of likes, millions of upvotes in a lot of ways, steered the policy of what was going on on Reddit all the time um, and was just a sounding board for uh, very leftist ideals, 
of you know very stark conservationist um talked often about uh just different crimes was extremely against uh, donald trump uh very uh green basically everybody the the accentuation of everything that you would think of when you think of lefties on reddit somebody okay. pointed out recently that this person who was posting all of this stuff whether it's a he or she maxwell hill has not posted anything in about 10 months, leading many to believe. And I actually didn't come across this story until I saw a fact check. Ghislaine Maxwell is not Maxwell Hill. Uh, these conspiracy theorists have lost their mind article. And then I started to say, wait a second, that's weird. Why would they say that and look into it? And yeah, man, this is kind of nuts. But it seems like, Ghislaine Maxwell's Reddit <laughs> profile was steering the direction of the politics and news conversation on the entire website. Interesting. Isn't it? <laughs> so there's a 34-minute uh, sh- uh, video in the, in the show notes that I encourage everyone to go take a look at. But Ghislaine Maxwell is Reddit's infamous Maxwell Hill. The user also uses the word mum frequently. Only a few nationalities use this word for mother. Of course, she is one. There's a lot of interesting comments in the uh, in this. But, uh, yeah, ever since she's arrested, no posts by this account. Like, does it match up exactly? Yes. I don't know. Was she arrested 10 months ago? Let's see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, not only that, uh, does she... There was one thing where she was live. This Maxwell was live posting pic, not live posting pictures, but posting pictures and then live updating the results of some hoity-toity horse race. Okay. Because she happened to be and like, then there's like photos of her with Prince Charles and (laughs) at this race wearing a big hat. And it just, there's a lot of weird stuff going on here. And wouldn't that explain a lot of why the uh, Reddit is messed up? Yeah. Led yeah. by a, a, a pedophile, uh, a super greenie, and a uh, an extreme communist, leftist, pe- pe- pedophile? I, I don't know. And owned by China. And owned by China. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's, uh, you know, that would explain a lot of things, I think. Hmm. Yeah. Would it... Sh- Shock you to learn that I, well, yeah, the most influential person on the internet, Maxwell Hill. Yeah. What? 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 What are you saying? I I don't know if I'm buying most influential person on the internet, but then again, I was not never a redditor. Yeah. No, no, you were never on Reddit. You uh, point that out at least once a show for us. Um, but I, I want, <laughs> but it, 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 there's a lot of people on Reddit, a lot, and okay. it's a it's a pretty powerful, pretty powerful deal. You, you were right away. about the car shortage. I'm <laughs> sure that you're right about Maxwell Hill being the most influential person on, on the internet. Hey, and I never said she was. I'm sorry, that's not what I meant. <laughs> it's not what I meant. What she was a, the award here. You want me to get? The no, point? no. You you Max, just said, no, 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 no. Just she was the award. The award. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, she was awarded, and it, but it wasn't even her. It was like just you know this Maxwell Hill. It was well, some sort of 
you do kind of wonder like the prolific posters you know yeah every like do these people have jobs what's going on yes that's so true yes and that's that's another and she definitely fits into the category of enough time on her hands to to be commenting on the internet all day absolutely it's everywhere did Ghislaine Maxwell secretly one run one of the most? This is from the Daily Mail. Uh, one of the most powerful Reddit accounts in history. Conspiracy theories suggest Einstein's or Einstein, <laughs> Epstein's pimp posted about everything from Israel to legalization of child porn. Fourteen years uh, for fourteen years until thread fell silent on the day of her arrest. <laughs> yep. Was the first person on Reddit so, to hit one million karma. She's the number eight karma to this day. Her posts to World News constituted roughly thirty percent of the posts there. This connection was made after she was arrested, and that account stopped being posted to after fourteen years. <laughs> so the Maxwell, obviously, where that where that comes from. Uh, what about the Hill? So he goes into that in the video, and apparently her family lived on a hill. Okay. And there's something about the family name where she's from that had to had to do with a high point or something within the within the uh, within the name there. So. Well, I. Yeah. yeah, I I feel like you could at least discern from reading the posts whether it was a man or woman writing them. Not necessarily. Reddit's very kind of weird that way. Well, when my wife is watching a uh, When Calls the Heart episode, Mm -hmm. I will often point out that dialogue in the show uh, was clearly written by a woman, even though it's two male characters having the conversation. (laughs) Like, like this is, it's not a conversation men have. It's just, absolutely not so you know i i think you could tell looks like uh the original uh source of this is uh my favorite and definitely not yours but uh looks like the ones that cracked the case of everybody on the internet who would have figured this out <laughs> i don't know for 4chan Oh, 4chan. Okay. 4chan figured it out. So anyway, that's interesting. That'll be in the show notes. Uh, (laughs) We hope that uh, you guys take a look at that stuff there. See if Maxwell is. See if you have any thoughts on that. Well, let's just concede. um, And I'm not really arguing it. Uh, Sure. Let's say it was her. Do you think it was a paid gig? No. Just her being bored? You know, that's a good point. Is it a paid gig? I don't know if it's a I think this is this is our this is the the, the guys we're always pointing back to, right? Friends friends of of Epstein service of servants of Satan. <laughs> yeah. And they just they just have this like evil plan. Like the the it's the only way it makes any sense. They like sit around and whether it's you know, they sit around and talk to G or the Mossad or whoever it is they're talking to, whoever's in charge. Well, and they, just, they dream up this like terrible plan, and then the, the reason I asked about the name is because Hill 
Hill and Knowlton is the big PR firm. Ah, this is interesting. Very common name, but, you know, I could see this being some sort of long... You know the answer. You know the answer to that operation there. But. Yeah, you know the answer to that would be to find a higher up at Hill and Knowlton who was on the Epstein flight log. Yeah, and well, and uh, look through her posts for some product placement there. Okay, okay, they're okay. That's a lot. That's a lot to work with. That's perfect. <laughs> Thank you, Andrew. Let's uh, let's all look into that, and uh, let's actually not. Let's uh let's pray this week. Let's let's do our uh, let's see our family. Let's hang out with our family. Let's turn off the television. Let's certainly turn off the, the uh, social medias. Reach out, touch the people next to you, uh, unless they've been vaccinated. Then stay away. <laughs> stay away. Six feet. Six feet. Six feet. Now I'm magic. the guy. Now I'm magic. the guy wearing yeah. the, the the astronaut suit. Hey, have you been vaccinated? <laughs> I have. I have. Don't come in. Yeah. So, you have any uh, words of wisdom for us, Mr. Andrew? You know, it might be a good time to take that uh, month-long camping trip out in the middle of nowhere that you'd been thinking about doing. It's not the worst time. <laughs> not the best, but certainly not the worst. Yeah. Certainly not going to be buying any cars anytime soon. Better safe than uh, better safe than sorry. But Any words of wisdom for us, Mr. Hoffman? Uh, no, no, that's, uh, you people got a show. It might not have been my best effort, but doggone it. After being gone for four days and behind on my podcast, it's all I can muster up. He's in vacation mode. This should be, this should, this should be the, like your best podcast. You're like, you're looking at everything with fresh eyes here. Yeah, you know, played some, played some golf. Weather was decent. It's a good time. It's good for you. Good for you. On uh, tips with Tim, I would say everybody take a few minutes during your day. Uh, those of you who are Christians, pray. You know, and, and those of you who are and who aren't, just sit quietly. Like everybody just needs to take a couple minutes alone. You know, whether you're meditating or just sitting quietly and uh, collect your thoughts. Just really think about what's going on around you and. Just take, you know, five minutes, put your cell phone down, put the social media down and just just sit in quiet. And uh, I think that helps. So that's uh, the tip with Tim for this week. Um, just getting getting yourself re-centered so that you can align your chakras. Just kidding. <laughs> so, I was going to say, they're going new agey there. But, oh, uh, I know. Yeah. For me to say re-centered. Meditation, re-centered, yeah. Yeah, yeah. if you're going to meditate or get re-centered, you know, you got to, you know, as soon as I say those things, all the homeschoolers, you know, homeschooled Christians in the in the audience, their hair stand up on end. It's like, oh. I, I know mine does. I, yeah. I don't even know where my, well, I think it's from Sesame Street. My younger daughter picked up, uh, she says, calm down, deep breath, calm down, deep breath. So, but this is, this is better than banging her head against the floor, which is her other method of dealing with it. So calm down, deep breath. That's like, that's the gateway into like crystals and new age right there. Right. Breathing deeply. It's better than, uh, it is better than banging your head against the floor. So (laughs) fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. 
Without any further ado, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to end the show there. Hope that you guys have a great week, and we'll see you next week. Have a good week. And by see, I mean we'll talk to you or, or, or each other. <laughs> In an audio-only podcast. And you'll, and you'll hear. Only. Okay. A copy of this podcast, as well as links to each story covered, are available at revelationsradionews.com. To contact Andrew and Tim, or to support Revelations Radio News, please visit revelationsradionews.com and click on the Contact tab or Support tab. Please check out the other podcasts at revelationsradionetwork.com, and thank you for your support of this podcast. Don't you say- What did he say? He said it grows the economy, but he said it all like creepy. Guess what? It grows the economy. Okay. <laughs>